0: Welcome to the Knock on Archery podcast, where we bring all archers and bow hunters together from all walks of life with the goal to educate, empower, and inspire you to be better both in the field and on the range. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Just um,
1: out here getting ready to talk to some law enforcement, so that's always a good thing.
0: Always good opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome such a this is gonna be cool too you're actually here to uh do a surprise really a, a kind of a surprise leadership thing for several different branches of law enforcement here in Iowa yeah. um but one of the ones that's is this gonna be your first on the whole like to speak to literally every game warden in the state like yeah you know which yeah. is pretty awesome yep. no it's very cool because uh well, last night we were with with uh, here with the director, yeah. and he kind of talked to you about what those guys' normal days are like, and it's much different. A lot of respect for game wardens. That's why I always tell people they get a bad rap, if I'm honest with you, because most people are worried about, you know, getting busted by them. Every time they see them, they're like, you know, hassling them. But the, the reality is – some of the best intel I've ever got is from at just calling a game warden and saying, Hey, I drew a tag in your area. Can I go over a couple of rules with you? I'm not from the state. Love to go over some rules. And, you know, is there any way you could, like, point me in a direction? And, uh, I mean, they're, they're awesome resources and such a needed resource. But when you don't, if you're not close to one, which, you know, I'm very good friends with several. So I know, like, you know i'm out here at 4:30 like working out and then they'll give me a text like you know hey do you want to have a cup of coffee or something and i'll be like what have you been doing uh well we had to do a we had to do a 130 you know plane ride you know with ir for these guys that are poaching from so and so that we're trying to get you know what i mean so it's like it's kind of different the hours and the amount of diversity of their job you yeah. know yeah, it's well, we cool. a
1: lot of it boiled down to investigation. Yeah. You know, they get calls all the time of th- things that are going on, and they got to go try and track down what's happening. Yeah. So, law
0: enforcement, you know, it's what it is. I know, I know. Hats off to those guys, too. It's not a great time to, you know, it seems like they get so much slack from the outside community, too, which yeah, is a shame. No, law enforcement is very tough business to be in right now, for sure.
1: Very tough business. So I talked to, you know, I talked to a lot of law enforcement, and definitely it's a tough time. I think we're starting to turn the corner a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think that's starting to happen, but it's it's definitely been a
0: tough few years. Do you think it's happening because uh, I feel like at one point the media was, like, trying to drive so negative down that road that people were, like, kind of feeding off of it? Do you think it's that, or do you think it's also the fact that it went the wrong way so fast that they realized – the need was there
1: yeah i mean the, the media certainly doesn't help and human nature doesn't help either you know because you know you don't go and google search for like compliant good you know car pullovers <laughs> you know what i mean yeah you've never you've never sat down and watched a that doesn't go viral right you're not <laughs> like hey here's a cool compilation of compliant people Being arrested. Yeah. No one. I've never watched one of those videos, actually, ever. (laughs) And yet, you know, I've watched all kinds of, you know, things going bad. So those things go viral. And for every thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of interactions that police have with civilians on a daily basis. Probably more than that. It's probably more than that. It's it's like tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of interactions a day. And not to mention the ones that are really positive, you know, where... And those do make it sometimes into the public light, you know, where a guy runs into a burning building or say pulls a kid out of a car or whatever, like they do. That's what they're doing. But that stuff doesn't, that stuff might make it, but normal interactions never make it. And bad interactions are the ones that make it to the top. And, and you, you know, the cops needed more training and they still need more training. You know, that's a, it's a really hard job. There's all kinds of things that can happen And they get very little training, in comparison to what they should get. You know, I've always said that police should be training twenty percent of their time. Yeah. Because right now they change, they probably train less than one percent of their time. Yeah. They just work, and if you're working all the time, well, you get used to the standard calls. But when something's not, when it's a when it's a violent situation or a volatile situation, you're not used to that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're in it. So the only way you get used to it is by training. Yeah. And so the police definitely need more training in all aspects. And that's why I like coming out here and doing leadership training is an opportunity for me because part of what I'll say is you need to train more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, me and you have been playing guitar and, you know we talked you you talked about you spent some COVID time like learning notes when you were sick and couldn't leave the house and you're like i was it was probably the best i've ever been at guitar but then then you go about your normal life and the details the details are what's always perishable yeah you know and that's why i mean the whole basis of my winter training is to be transparent to people about the things even even with me which my whole life has been I shouldn't say my whole life, but let's say, you know, since I was sixteen, my life has kind of revolved around bow hunting or archery, and then certainly by eighteen, that that's just been my life. So twenty-five years has been nothing, nothing but, but, but that. But if I go from as soon as TAC is over, when I go from August, the end of August until. December during hunting season which is being on call right that's like being on patrol for for what I trained for now I'm in I'm in my you know I'm literally in it's game time and during game time you know you're you're responding and you're reacting and you're you know and you're relying on you're relying on subconscious motor skills that you've honed but so many of the details are perishable so then when I come back into a situation where I can it's not like just a big ass animal moving through trees and I have to make a hundred different decisions to like make that one shot and that one shot is a very big kill radius where I don't have such a microscope on it whereas once I'm in my indoor training I've got the biggest magnifying glass I can have on myself, right? Because the target's so small and I can see every single hole I put in the paper, every single one. So you recognize misses and then you start to understand, you know, oh, everything's left because I've started to do this with my grip or, hey, I've added more facial pressure. I'm not following through with my shot or this past week I did, um, I went from the power of four arrows to six per end. And so, and I video all my shots. So I overlaid them for a post to where they were all drawing back at yeah, the same time. But then you all of a sudden see like five and six were like freaking four and five seconds late. And one of them missed the 10, which is like, I want people to see, listen, this is perishable. Like, I can I shoot clean rounds? Yes, but I have to hone the edge and like dedicate months to like bring that back so for those guys it's got to be the same you know they have to learn the details in training but then when they're in game mode well you know the details will get forgotten about
1: yeah you know well especially because in game mode for police officers generally speaking they're not in violent confrontations those don't happen on a daily basis they happen rarely you know, if you talk to uh, police officers, the amount of police officers that fire their weapon is a very low number, but so you so you're not going to get the exposure to that all the time, and it's so, it's sort of like during hunting season, y- you're not getting a bunch of shots. You yeah, know, wh- you know, you're gonna however many animals you're gonna kill? Maybe you're gonna get one shot or two. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but you're not going out there, and and you have to train to be ready for that it's like uh when i used to train a lot of ufc fighters and the guys that were the guys that were on a good trajectory when they would do their fight camp you know 8 week 10 week 6 week depending on when you get notified or whatever they do that fight camp that fight camp you're not really learning anything new you're just getting in good shape looking at the specific person that you're going to be fighting you know, studying their game, figuring out what part of your game is going to be good against their game. Maybe, maybe that person will have something that they do that you'll learn to defend, right? Some guy's got a really good guillotine, and so you work on guillotine defense for that period. And the guys that are on good trajectories, when that fight is over, win or lose, in a few days, they're back in the gym. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get better. You don't get better during camp. You get better in the off season. Mm-hmm. And, and you can really make improvements. And if you don't make improvements, well, guess what? Anybody that you're going to fight next, they're going to watch your last fight. They're going to fight that same guy. Yeah, They're going to fight a guy that they can watch and blueprint. Yeah. Whereas having – if you get better, and you can get a lot better. I mean when your job is to fight and you can train four, five, six, seven, eight hours a day – You can get really good, and you can change your game from fight to fight. So, uh, you know, the off-season training is critical for anything that you do. But even you know, in the military, we would train for. We would train for like a year to go on deployment, a year of training to go on deployment. And you know, again, police officers they're they're on deployment all the time. And and like I said, if they were like if if it was basketball, yeah, when you play basketball. You're gonna get better at basketball. You're gonna get better. If you if your job was just play basketball and you play basketball all the time, you you would at least maintain the skills. Now look, you'd want still want to go in the offseason where you could work on your jump trot, you could work on your f- free throw, you could work on your and you would get better at those things than you would even in the season when you're actually playing that game all the time. Right. Police officers aren't playing the high stakes game all the time where they're out on patrol they're just not normally they're just having normal interactions you know giving someone a speeding ticket helping someone with you know a cat in a tree or whatever silly things are happening that's most of the job and then occasionally someone's trying to kill them And, and, and in order to be ready for someone trying to kill them or someone's trying to kill someone else like that's what you need to prepare
0: for that's not what the day to day job is the day to day job is normal stuff well, and the I mean the saying like learn from your mistakes. It's so, it's, it's timeless, right? Um, because following hunting season, it's so fresh in my mind what mistakes are. And honestly, the reason I do so much school and knock stuff in the winter is because my mistakes are fresh in my mind and it, it immediately lets me talk about what I'm doing wrong. And I know there's other people that are out there. Like it's, it's just as much of a training tool for me as it is for me, the knock on nation that's watching, you know, when I make mistakes, it's like, I'm going to show people this, that this is something that they could learn from. And like, when I competed, I I'd talk about this. Um, I always have referred to it as like acclimation, because people want to know how to get better with like buck fever and stuff. And so I always tell them that is the reason I shot target archery was because when when every weekend you're in, you know, obviously it's not the same, but when you're in a tournament with everybody that's good every single weekend, it the the first like right now if I went to a if I went to a an archery tournament, I would Honestly, even though technically I wouldn't say I would would still be a pro because I haven't done it, you know, in however long, I would enter the pro class just because, you know, I'm not going to go out and enter the amateur class. But I can tell you it would take me several tournaments to, like, get my shit together because there's just nerves that come with putting your feet in hot-ass water again, you know. It's like you jump in with a bunch of sharks, you know, you, you there's there's little bits of your mind that are like okay let me like get the pattern of like yeah. how this feeding frenzy is going to happen but then once you jump in shark infested water enough times you just realize okay i'm just getting in that's just the water you're not like looking at the sharks you're just jumping in and like finding your own food so but it, it it's hard to do that if that hot boiling water only comes every now and then like right now the latest craze is like ice baths right you know you look at people that post their first ice bath and they're you know they're kind of like big eyed like waiting for it (laughs) you know and then you go a week later and they're just like freaking jumping in that sucker and setting a timer and like going for it right it's it's the same thing with the with perishable training skills right yeah yeah the ability to not freak out basically
1: is what it is and i just threw a couple guys in my ice bath at home for their first ice bath and like the the, the look on their face was hilarious you know and it was like <laughs> you know i threw leif in my in my ice bath at home and uh you know he got in there and it was you know we just got done working out and then we jumped in the ice bath and you know he he didn't look stressed at all during the workout that he got in the ice bath and he was <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. And he's been in he's been in cold water. He's been in his fair knew, share of cold water. He knew before. what it was, sure. but but that that like understanding of how your skin actually feels like it's yeah. burning, yeah. you know, yeah. that seems to to go away with time. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you can put yourself in pressure situations, you're gonna you're gonna get better at being in pressure situations. See, like with basketball, uh, see basketball, you can you can go at game speed a lot. Yep. You know, it's not like, you know, well, I don't know. It's that's like, I feel like basketball and soccer, are two things that those players can like go game speed baseball. I guess you could too, yeah. you know, I guess yeah. you're not going to like throw a pitcher's arm out, you know, with something like that, but they can practice at game speed contact sport. Yeah. I mean, you're going to nuke all your, you know, on a football field. We had, you know, we went stupid normally like on a Wednesday or something, (laughs) you know, where like offensive coach and defensive coach would just like let people get dumb, you know. And that's why jujitsu is so powerful in combat sports because you can actually go
1: full on. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you let go when someone taps, usually. (laughs) (laughs) If they know how. If they know how to tap. But – well, that's what's good about jujitsu. You can't, you can't do stand-up techniques hard all the time. You you just can't. You do know? yeah. can spar every day. You'll be brain dead. You know? <laughs> so, but jujitsu, you can go hard as you want every single day, and and you get the real reaction from somebody. Yeah. Because you know? even when you're sparring, you're you know you're punching someone, you're getting punched, and you're not getting the real reaction, and you're not even throwing real punches. Now look, you spar once a week. You know you're gonna throw real punches. Even then, you you know you don't want to KO your sponsor. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just not that's just not good business. But yeah, being able to play a game at game speed is going to be powerful. But like basketball, let's. I got a, my one of my old uh, seal buddies. He was a great basketball player, but in the state, in the state finals, he was the guy. Like stereotypical story, he was on the free throw, free throw line for. To tie the game and possibly win it, and he missed. And he's a an, an unbelievable like even when he when we were in the teams together and he'd like gone to college, he could still just go out and like shoot three pointers all day long like it was nothing. Yeah. But that that moment, you know, you can, when your butthole puckers up yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You can you can go game speed all day, but you can't have the freaking pressure of the state finals on you, and you choke, and, and so you know that's like archery too you know like you could you know you and i can talk smack to each other out there you know shoot an attack and you know we can raise the bar for sure yeah you can raise the bar <laughs> we for do sure. yeah we do but to get it to that bar to where that bar's at when there's a, a an animal out there that's that's just a little bit harder yeah that's a little bit more but if I'm used to, oh, Dudley's talking smack to me right now and I got this weird shot freaking seventy two yards uphill between two trees, everyone's watching me, like there's pressure there. And if I can go, all right, dude, it's just a shot, just do your protocol and do it. Yeah. And if I can do that there, and then I can do it at a at a 112 yard shot and then I do it at a at a you know at a 17 yard shot at a rabbit up a hill and so each one of these there's pressure and every time I go all right dude it's just a shot just, just do the protocol well then hopefully if you've trained your mind correctly the animal's there and
0: you get your range and you go okay there it is this is the shot do your protocol that's the goal imagine if there was like a, a attack acclimation class where like just Andy Stump was on every target <laughs> with everybody. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that would be so
1: awesome. Yeah, Andy. The thing with Andy is, is he's the thing with Andy is, it might not be the best pressure because he's just you know you're having fun. Yeah. You know, he's too funny. He's making it fun. Yeah. And you know, Andy's like so self-deprecating. I think he. I think actually, what Andy does, I think Andy removes pressure from himself by
0: just being deflecting it to everyone else well not only that but just being (laughs) like oh there you go i shot a tree you know (laughs) oh yeah you know he'll he'll play every anything anytime he like wrecks something he's definitely (laughs) he's got an instant comeback of why it was funny yeah Yeah, uh, that's a good attitude to have is he's
1: just like going to – it takes pressure off of him because he's not all wound up like, if I hit this tree, everyone's going to think I'm an idiot. He's more like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm going to shoot a tree. Watch this.
0: And all of a sudden (laughs) the pressure has gone. So So last year um, when you came back on that last day and you shot your bull, you were like telling me the story. And I remember you saying – it was 50 yards right it was like 50.0 50 50. okay yes and i remember you literally tell me the whole scenario how it played out and then you're like bro i freaking ranged it and it was 50.0 and like and you just like what was your attitude as soon as you saw that this thing's done <laughs> done done because
1: so like all probably the you know the two months when i when i shoot every day at the range every day cuz you know at my house i can't get that much yards but like as we're going into september i go to the actual range and so i go out there i go 40 50 60 70 80 90 100 yeah and then back down and actually i'd like to talk to you about this well no big deal but this year i shot three arrows instead of four at each target yeah because i would like my fourth arrow i don't know i just like would cut down my time it would make the whole thing faster and anyways that's what I did I was shoot three arrows at each target 40, 50, 60, 70 80, 90 100 90, 80 70, 60 and then then back down to 40 and
0: so when that thing said 50 like and it said (laughs) 50.0 I'm just like yeah this thing's freaking smoked yeah when you told me that I was just like this is so awesome because honestly there was a time during, during my era where a 50 yard shot like there wasn't a lot of people that would say, yeah, he was, it was at 50 yard." Cause you, like, when you, you when you were describing that you looked through your rangefinder and hit it and it said 50.0, and like you kind of mimic like coming out of your rangefinder and your eyeballs were like <laughs> yeah. so freaking, like you had blood on your tongue. Oh, yeah. Like you knew it was, you knew it was over. So the confidence at that was, there was a time where there wouldn't have been people that had that kind of confidence at 50 yards. And when you were describing that, and then you described um, one of the stocks that you made on that bull that was in that wallow, you got to like 43. 43. And you were just like, you were, for you, that was like checkmate. Like even the 50, you were like, dude, it said 50.0, like game over for me. That was pretty awesome. Because there's certainly, there's certainly, certainly people that would not have that kind of confidence. But I think because of what we do during the offseason, especially like the tack things, the, it seems like such a chip shot. Like it seems like you're, you know, the whole green is like within like right? You look like <laughs> yeah. this thing like all I have to do is like put the ball on this yeah. freaking green. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if you gave this to Josh Hall, but Josh
1: and I We do the paper plate at 60 yards, right? Like three rounds in the paper plate at 60 yards. And that's like real consistent. And so, you know, whenever you go of the San Diego range, like there's always like paper plates in all all the things, (laughs) you know? And – so yeah when you're looking at 60 yards and you're you know you're gonna hit a p- paper plate and then you got this bull at 50 and it was cool too because you know he'd come in i ranged him at like 82 he was walking he, he ranged him at 74 point whatever and then he finally like disappears for a second and when he comes back out i range him again he's 50.0 i'm like this thing is smoked man and it was pretty awesome pretty awesome unfortunately uh you only get one shot at you know i wish you could do it again well
0: not andy dude oh yeah that's true (laughs) andy like my arrow too uh it was i didn't find the arrow yeah you said that thing just just kept going going to like freaking wyoming or california or somewhere you
1: know and plus we were you know so the the bull ran i think it ran 80 yards or something like that and and then it we heard it bed down and so we were just waiting it, waiting on it. And while we were waiting, I started looking for my arrow. I was like, I'm yeah. find my
0: arrow. I looked for like an hour <laughs> while we waited, and it was just gone. Rick wanted to just play it safe since you didn't visually see it pile up. He's like, we're going to wait it yeah, out. Yeah, we just waited. It yeah, was, such a good waited. protocol too. Yep. Yeah, such a good protocol. A lot of people rush in on, on – I mean, big animals, moose, elk – honestly even some mule deer they're freaking tough like it's hard to for a new hunter i can't stress this enough if you're listening if you shoot an if you shoot an elk and you do not see it pile up even if you're confident that it was like a long shot just give it an hour like a hundred percent yeah just give it an hour
1: we actually heard it die Yeah. probably like you know
0: 15. Honestly, minutes. the one we shot together, we were certain that we heard that too, but we freaking played that one cool. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I don't want to scare that scare that thing off, man. Let it let, yeah. it let it
1: be peaceful and just let it sit there and like I we knew that I had a really good shot on that on this year. Yeah. You know? Like we knew that it was going going to die.
0: Yeah. Um and there was no reason to rush up there. So So it's a Monday. Um Kind of my thing lately is I've been – I'm not – I don't feel like I'm a motivational poster by any means. Like, honestly, I rarely post lifting stuff just because there's a lot of people that do it really good. It's part of my life every day, but I feel like there's people that are good at it, and I stick to what I'm good at, which is showing people when I make mistakes in archery. Um, But I feel like more so than ever, especially being an employer, too – um, and then honestly being an employer and it seems like for me Mondays are always the busiest I, I like do a lot of because I consult for a lot of companies too so a lot of times I'm open to zoom calls and stuff on Mondays and it's it's pretty apparent most people that don't have real discipline Mondays are such an awesome opportunity to like shine as an employee, you know, as an employee, but I think it's also an opportunity to shine as someone that maybe isn't an employee, but could be an athlete or whatever. Cause it seems like a lot of people are slow coming out of the gates on a Monday, but I feel like if you come out harder, the, it, the, like you can just own the week, you know? And so that's kind of why on Mondays more so than anything, I'd, I'd try to say something, but do you, I, do you feel like as the world is changing I feel like there's so much more of an opportunity for people that actually get their shit together to to stand out, like, more so than ever. I don't know if it's more so
1: than ever, because I think if you work hard, you're going to stand out. And maybe it is more so. But... The fact is, if you're working really hard, m- a lot of people don't want to work hard. A lot yeah. of people are looking for the easiest route, and and you know I actually I actually talk to you know I, I have do leadership consulting, and sometimes I'll talk to people and they be like, well oh, you know this guy only he leaves every day at five o'clock doesn't want to he doesn't want to put in the extra effort, and there's there's that's actually the majority of people. <laughs> oh, for sure, the majority yeah. of people is they want to work from, you know, nine to five or eight to four or whatever they're eight hour work day and then they want to go home they don't want to they don't want to do that and and that's not a bad thing and i always tell employers i'm like hey if you've got someone that that's what they want to do and they're doing their job and they're consistent and they're reliable okay you've got a good employee um and and i don't say forget about them they're never going to do more i say check with them every six months and be like hey hey dud you know you've been been doing really good here do you ever think about maybe moving up to a leadership position or do you want some more responsibility and you might say nope you might be like, "No, yep. I'm good. Appreciate it. I'm good," and okay, and I'll just check with you every six months, and and then you get people that are hungry and that wanna do really well, and that's why when you see someone like that, they're gonna you're gonna give them opportunities, and they're gonna be able to do more because the they're out there working, <laughs> and when someone works and someone gets things done, you give them more, yeah, and eventually they they get promoted and they get more responsibility
0: and they get more opportunity. What do you tell people when they? Have someone that's coming forward like that and wanting to do, wanting to do that, but they're actually not – well, I shouldn't say they're not capable, but they just don't. You know, it's kind of like someone just came out of a Jocko book, they're freaking yeah. <laughs> all eagered up, but they also just – don't like have all the puzzle pieces to put together I mean I'm gonna start assigning them things that's gonna be those pieces that's gonna help them build those
1: pieces yeah you know if I got someone that's you know if I was in the SEAL teams and someone said let me run this mission I'd be like okay Rambo let's (laughs) let's start with this why don't you run the external security on this little building over here yeah on this particular part and you know here's your four-man team and let's see how you do with that and then hey they do really good with that or they make a couple mistakes which they will then okay what mistakes did you make and let's fix those mistakes next time we'll give you an eight man external security team and you can run these two sides the target building or whatever and you just keep building and they keep learning and then over time they'll figure out how to do it in most cases yeah in most cases occasionally you get someone that's just like they're not capable of doing it yeah um and you get some people that are more gifted at some things than other things i mean just what, whatever a thing is, there's some people that are just naturally good at certain aspects of whatever. Right. Whether it's, you know, fletching arrows, right? There's some people that you probably had to show two times and they're like, oh, I got this. Yep. And there's other people where you're like, hey, maybe you should maybe you should work on, know, in the shipping department. Yeah. You know, it's just like, hey, here's a little skill that some people are going to be good at. They got the right hand-eye coordination. And, you know, like Josh Hall, he's a surfboard shaper, a friend yeah. of ours. He's a guy that... You know, if if he's a guy that has a natural, like, gift for it. And there's some people, you put a shaper in there, you put a, a sander in their
0: hand, and they're just going to,
1: you know, ruin stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. By the time they try to get that thing symmetrical, it'd be like a matchstick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so how I would
1: got be. Good people that want to excel, give them small opportunities and let them build, yeah. you know, let them build. And you always, that's another thing is going back to like law enforcement and you can always find time to train people. You can always find, and I uh, life is training. Yeah, L- Life oh, yeah. is training, whatever you're doing in life, you can t- take someone and you can train them, yeah. whether it's a customer comes in and has a bad attitude and you got to work through it. And when they leave, you go, okay, let's Dud, Let's role play how we could have, how you would handle that situation. Or you got, you know, uh, in the SEAL team, somebody makes a, a mistake on an operation or you're planning an operation. Instead of me, I can look at a target and figure out what to do in 30 seconds and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I know what to do. But instead of me saying, okay, here's how we should do it. I'd say, hey, dud, you're a new guy. How do you think we should approach this target? It's like one time we were out and we were hunting, but there was no bull around and we were just walking. And you said, okay, Jocko, there's, let's say there's a bull up there. How, what would you do to set up on this? And I was like, well, I'd start walking over here. You're like, hey, what about the wind? I was like, oh yeah, okay. You're like, hey, the first thing you got to think about is the wind. So we're out there. We're on an actual hunt There was, 10 minutes where we weren't actually hunting and you said, how would you set up right now? I said, well, look over here. And you said, oh, first thing to consider considers the wind. Oh, okay, great. From then on, when you ask me that question, I think, okay, where's the wind? So yep. it took four minutes for you to give me training on something while we were doing something for real. Yep. Same thing with like law enforcement, you know, you get to a situation and hey, there's someone you gotta get handled or you someone you gotta go talk to. You know, if you're the rookie, I'd say, okay, what do you think we should say to this individual when we walk up to him? You'd be like, I see we we just get in their face. It's like, okay, do you think that's going (laughs) to escalate the situation? And you're like, well, yeah, you know? So training while doing real-life things. And, of course, in a tactical situation, I'm not going to be like, well, you don't really know what you're doing, dud. Why don't you go first? No, I'm not talking about that. But there's opportunities to say, hey, what would you do here? Or if there's a, 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 like, let's say I just got done clearing a room and I come out and then you showed up and I was like, I might say, Hey, go clear that room. Yeah. You don't know it's clear yet, but then you haven't done it before. And so you go in there and you, you know, fumble through the door and I'm, and you get the, okay, but okay, let's do it again. Yeah. And you learned. I actually was able to give you some pressure because you didn't know the room was clear. Yeah. Right. So you were kind of freaking out and then you go, okay, cool. Let's do it again. Calm down. Think about the mistakes you made. So look for opportunities to train people in real life. They're there all the time. Yeah. Kids too. You know, you got your kids. Make them make the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Have them turn on the oven and turn off the oven and do whatever. Take the garbage out. Like little things that give them the opportunity to have more responsibility are are just
0: opportunities to make them better people. Yeah, for sure. No, I I feel like um, during TAC events, it it gives me my best opportunity to to write down new material, too, because I'm interacting with someone. And you can – some people make the smallest mistakes that they don't even know are a mistake, you know. So I can identify with someone, then instantly see it help them. And, you know, obviously that's like training in the field. But it also gives me training tools – You know, if you're if you're a mentor or if you're trying to be a mentor or a teacher in some capacity, like you have to get back into the grassroots, which is, you know, why I say my passion, like my passion isn't competing in tournaments. My passion is going to events where I'm actually with grassroots people that help remind me of what I feel like my purpose is for the industry, which is, you know, continuing to broaden education so I feel like being in some of those moments and seeing those mistakes happen, like I guess, you know, back when you're running like trade at you're every single day you were able to like see something like, oh, damn, I remember when that happened when we were on deployment and this. Like it was a different, different scenario but same yeah. situation. But it, it's like out of sight, out of mind. You know, speaking from a mentor's point of view, if you're not necessarily the person that's listening that's – trying to you know self improve or move forward there 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 could be a lot of like you know law enforcement guys that are in leadership roles already which you know I feel like that's where I'm at and within my industry is I'm in a, a leadership role so now it's how do I not overlook I don't overlook the things that honestly you should never take for granted because it seems like those little things are always the ones that catch you you know and as I'm sure you know the more you teach the better you get
1: yeah you know like you see someone doing something that is a mistake and you see it you might not even see it at yourself until you see someone else do it and then you put a little protocol in place to make sure that it doesn't happen again and then you start doing that protocol yourself and you get better there's no doubt that that's I got very lucky because I ended my career at Trade at which was running the, the training for the West Coast SEAL teams but early in my career like around the five-year mark of being in the SEAL teams I went to training cell at a SEAL team and I taught everything because you know I was like a young single guy and just hey we'll go anywhere do anything so I taught land warfare I taught close quarters combat I taught diving I taught marops I taught everything I would just go on every trip you know like and you get to see it and teach it and when you see it and teach it you
0: learn it so much better and it's very very powerful how often um like if you went back to some of that stuff would how much of it do you recall now that you've been out of it all of it because i still teach it oh i still teach it so yeah i such an important message too because there's people um i've got to do i've got a pretty big event that i have to speak at and i was talking with you a little bit about it because i i kind of want to come at it from kind of a surprise angle, you know, and, um, but I feel like when you're, when you're teaching and when you're mentoring, if you really want to be good at a craft, it's almost like you have to get to the point where, where you're capable of teaching it properly. And then once that happens, it almost seems like you train your mind so much better that you become a better student to the sport because honestly it's because it's i feel like it's really because of your mental rehearsal your your uh self image of your i don't know how to to say this but like your self image of your motor skills you you almost talk yourself into probably being better at it than what you really are because you're because you're constantly repeating it and i've had times where i've coached national teams where i've been there for very long periods of time teaching it and i'm not shooting with them but i'm i'm talking about what are like the pillars to my protocols and i talk about it so much and i talk about how you do it how you do it how you do it that i almost start to self-visualize oh yeah myself doing these things to where when all of a sudden i go and shoot I outperform probably where I should be because my self image and because my mental rehearsal of that motor skill is so in tune that you almost perform above your capabilities because mentally you've convinced yourself you're better at it than you are. Yeah. I think it's probably a lot to do with just the mental reps that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, just
1: visual reps, mental reps that you're doing and it's just a confidence builder, like a subconscious con- confidence builder. But I actually said, you know, I said something wrong. I said, yeah, if you're, you've got to be a good teacher if you want to perform. And, and actually, that's not true. Um, there's people that are really good at things that can't teach it. You know, jiu-jitsu oh, a is a lot. huge yeah. situation where people might be really good at jiu-jitsu, but they just not very good teachers. There's also people that are not that, you know, not that great at jiu-jitsu but they're incredible teachers yeah and it's the same thing with with anything you know you could be i'm sure there's i'm sure there's archers out there that are really good archers that aren't that 100 you know
0: i mean honestly most of the really good ones yeah you know most and 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 um i actually uh i was at an event i don't even remember where i was but i was speaking uh a few weeks ago and I I I talked about that. I talked about how when I start to coach someone, one of the first things that I actually do with them is because I'm I'm a very telling the why type of instructor, you know that. Like I I really want people to know why they why they aren't, why I'm not telling them to do it that way and I want them to know why I am telling them to do it this way so that They don't like second guess, you know what what's happening. And one of the whys that I explain first when I have individuals where I have their personal time here, like one of the first things I spend time on is telling them that about exceptions to the rule, because like you can't be a golf coach and you get a student and you're gonna teach them how to drive a ball like Tiger Woods. Because everyone thought that his swing was abnormal. And then when they tried to refine his swing into something that was different, it it messed him up because there's, there's people that are exceptions to the rules Mm -hmm. and there's people that are super gifted within sport that are unorthodox within it. And they are exceptions to the rule and they're the people to where it's like, okay, if you. If you say, like, well, why do you tell me I can't have any facial pressure? This guy that just won this event, he's got, like, his aeroshaft shaft, like, hidden in half of his facial tissue. and it, or, or, you know, well, you keep telling me I need my shoulder down, but this guy's won, you know, yeah. three world championships, and his shoulder's, like, touching his left ear. And I'm, like, 100%. But the thing is, if I tried to teach 100 people that way, there's probably zero that will come out of it. Like, you know, that guy is one of our industry. This gal is one of our industry. You know, this is this is one elite athlete that do, isn't picture perfect, but they do it. But then there's a dozen other people around them that have a technique that's more mirrored to like what you can teach and what is repeatable for the average person. Is there anything that you have... When you shoot, that's not, that's like personal for you that
1: that you to don't tell other people to do because it's just it only works for you type thing.
0: I don't think so. I mean, I don't hide anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very transparent. And but like you don't have to make up for some
1: you know wrist pain that you have so you hold your wrist or shoulder thing. Just you know neck I mean?
0: pain is the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah like I, in jiu-jitsu I, well, you know like there's when people well, are like why can't you turn your head towards the target i'm like well okay you're so gonna have to work I,
1: I remember you're like with me and you're like no man you need to follow through like back to here and you grab my shoulder and try to like pull my shoulder back where you wanted my follow-through to go through and you realize that my shoulder was not going there <laughs> and you're like okay just try to go at least yeah. half an inch yeah back.
0: yeah if you're do, if you're following the the follow-through video and then you watch Jocko so you're gonna be like well Jocko's <laughs> definitely not doing it <laughs> well between Jocko's like bicep and shoulder and neck and trap like your your follow-through is about a quarter of an inch <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty sad you definitely need to work on my flexibility and my shoulders for sure and so yeah that i mean that would actually be a perfect example of you know there's certainly people that are exceptions to the rule but there's also within any sport you know it seems like the drills so many people don't have the discipline to drill whereas I don't know I find I've always found more personal reward in in drilling and knowing like knowing that I It's almost like I have an internal confidence because I know how much I've drilled and I've drilled to where I'm like I've earned the I've earned my right to be here. Like I've done what other people don't want to do, and like even with my guitar, you you see that. Like I'm not. You're like, have you learned a song? And I'm like, I'm until I complete this app with a hundred percent, I'm not going to like. How many hours is the app? Like how many I don't know. Do I have haven't left? seen the end to the freaking rainbow yet. <laughs> I mean, at some point, I, I might. Do they know. gamify the app at all? Where it's fun, or is it just like no? Well, to me, the, to me, so I'm I'm on the Gibson app. To me, it is fun because every day I learn something different. You know, like I told you yesterday, I was like doing like sus chords, um, which is more or less like hammer ons. But you know, like some lessons are all strumming you know, or like one cell block was like all strumming. And, you know, one cell block was like all bending. So you you but you said it grades you too. So that is fun. The minute you're getting
1: graded, right? Yeah. It's listening to you play guitar. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's listening to you play guitar and it's grading you. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That'll keep me entertained.
0: So I don't, I don't move on unless, honestly, unless I've, um, Unless I know I've got an A in the class, I don't go to the next class. So it'll give you star ratings, and after you get two out of three stars, you can actually click the next lesson, and, like, it'll let you go there. But unless I have three out of – because I don't like to go to another cell block, and then I look back, and the cell block right above it says, like, 103 out of 107, because I'm like, bitch, you can get those four (laughs) stars. Just freaking go out there and, like run through that. But there is a few songs that there's bugs in the app to where like I've tried, for example, um for example, like that going through like that picking routine for like nothing else matters. Uh-huh. So what happens is you're supposed to let the open E ring out. Yeah. But the problem is once you get down to your, to your high E it's it's saying like too low even though you're playing it because it's still my headphones are still hearing the ring so I'm having to like force myself to like thumb mute which I'm not good at in order to and you're trying to play it at like you know whatever it is like a 146 tempo at like a you know a six eight beat or whatever it is so I'm like trying to do it and try to like mute other strings so that yeah. the headphones can hear it clearly. So I'm, I've kind of realized like, dude, you're not, you know, you have to self yeah. judge on this yeah. particular one. But like doing that, when I've had people watch me, they're like, your chord shapes are freaking awesome. And it's, it's just because I'm a year and a half in and I'm like taking it so methodically mm-hmm. because I, I really want to feel like I learned it you know I want like that's part of that's you know I told you my routine you know normally I'm out here at 430 and I play and if I'm if I'm not playing good you know I'll do my exercise and, and, and if I don't complete the task I'll start back at the very beginning the next day it's not like I'll pick up on, like to get that last thing I'll go all the way back to like you know the intro and like you know watch the tutorials and everything and like you know take myself back before I can go forward. And if I'm playing good, I might play longer and, like, you know, lift later. But if I'm not, you know, and this kind of just boils down to some of my, I guess, my strategies on practicing. If I'm not practicing good, I don't want to ingrain poor technique. You know, there's days where I come out – there's days where I go to the range to shoot and I just – I suck. But that doesn't mean I'm going to, like – I try to pound through it. Like, you know, if I feel tight, you know, if I did back yesterday and I go to the range and I, like, think, like, all right, we'll shoot a 300 round. Yeah, I have to give myself a buffer of, like, all right, dude, you know, you know you're smoked. So you're going to miss some from fatigue but not necessarily from execution. But for the most part, I really like to – I really like to either fully complete a task the way that, you know, with, with those fundamentals intact, and if I'm not doing well, I'm not afraid to regress the next time to, like, you know, to where I almost, like, hit a reset button. Like, I'm not afraid to hit a re- reset button, you know, a thousand times on something because personally, deep down, it's if I know that I'm not doing it right, that's way harder on me than any type of grade. Mm -hmm. but you know and I I, it might just be my personality you know yeah. you have good patience
1: you know like a lot of times if something I'll just like no I'm just going forward (laughs) 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 that's actually I was just thinking about that when I was talking about shooting like three rounds instead of four yeah honestly like that fourth round I'm bored of that range you know yeah and I'm just like whatever and I just You know, I'm just like, oh, cool, whatever. And I just, but that, but I get to that next yard line and I'm like, cool, here we are. And I go, oh, that was a good shot. Let me get another one. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm in there. Boom, I get another one. I want to go to the next one. Yeah. But now I got another one I got to shoot. I'm like, yeah, yeah." (laughs) (laughs) just launch it downrange. So I I have, I get bored. I get bored very easily, I think. And I always have gotten bored easily. And when I get bored, I just want to do something else. You know, I want to. I want to try something else. I want to do something else, and sometimes that can be a, a that can be a, a negative. You yeah, know? I think there's some. For, in some ways, it might be positive that I get bored and I just want to go forward and do something else. Um, but and it's weird too, because like when it comes to working out.
0: Like you're I, so repetitive. I'm very repetitive. Very uh, honestly, repetitive. not just in working out, like you know, in life. Yes, in life, life you <laughs> you're very killable. Like, well, you want to know what you do every day? I'm like, I do the same thing every day. Every it's day, stupid. Like, yeah.
1: you wouldn't. It's not fun. It's not exciting. You know, you wouldn't care. It's like yeah. I do the same stuff every day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's weird, but I guess I guess the stuff that I do every day, in a way, and I also break stuff up where you know it's like I do it and then I'm on to the next thing. So I don't give myself enough time to really get bored about what's going on. Yeah. I think too, like when I'm working out, like my head's all over the place, man. I'm thinking about all kinds of things, you know, I'm not in there. Like I'm not in, it's not, it's not, it's kind of nice, you know, it's a very nice time for me.
0: Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I like is um, with guitar, if I'm not, I can't learn if I'm thinking of other stuff, which for most people, that's what archery is to them. They realize, like, if their head's not clear, they're not really good at it. And with a lot of students that come here, you know, I I go through a pretty detailed, you know, class, and then we start to apply the class. And normally there's just freaking digital overload. You know, there's just way too much going through the processor. And, you know... They stumble and, you know, whatever, they, like, you know, shoot an arrow into the wall because they're thinking about, like, everything else. You know, they're trying to, like, think about all these steps. But that's part of my protocol is there's a reason why I'm putting all those things in place. It'll, It'll develop pretty fast. Most people, after they sleep that first night, the next morning, all of a sudden, like, because they've thought about it and they've actually gone through it, in their head enough they actually come out and they normally do it for like they do it until they think I'm doing it and and then then they fall apart (laughs) which is honestly like for me if I come out and I'm thinking about stuff that's not guitar related it's very like it's hard for me to to actually play but if I'm really into it and my mind's clear I make progression I'm like I'm doing it then I derail but for my lift like once I get out of that phase of like making sure my mind's clear when I go into the weight room that's actually when you know if you looked in my brain it would just be this like cluttered desk that I'm like walking into for the day and I start like stacking paper yeah and is that what you do like where you mentally kind of think about everything yeah. that you got to do and you yeah. just start you know you're thinking about a hundred different subjects yeah but prioritizing them so that yeah. once you're out of the gym you know where to start yeah and like just stuff will come to my mind when i'm working out like sometimes
1: I have to stop and take notes mm-hmm. and just be like oh this is you know I sh- I'm gonna talk about this I'm gonna write about this I'm gonna tell this client this I'm gonna do a podcast about that just whatever it'll come to me while I'm working out yeah from just like nowhere just yeah. pfft, there it is yeah there it is uh it's funny too sometimes when you play guitar and you're like playing a riff and you've and you're doing it and then you're like and you and the minute you think about it Like, Like, what am I doing here? It just, you just (laughs) freaking screw it up. You know, like I'll be jamming and just playing a riff and just digging it. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, this, I'm doing a good job with this. You know, I'll just blow it. So it's, it's, that's a weird thing too. Like your mind can't think as fast as it's supposed to when it's playing, when you're playing guitar sometimes, you know, Uh, if you have to think about, I say this in jujitsu too, like if I have to think, if you have to think about the defense that, to stop somebody from doing something, already it's too, too late. Yep, it had to have started before that person initiated the move. Otherwise, you're going to get caught. That's not a guarantee because the person that might not be that good, they might be behind themselves, they might not do execute the technique correctly. But generally speaking, by the time you thought, "Oh, I think he's about to get my arm," I need to move it. Your arm is getting taken. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's if you're going to get someone that's sort of at your level. Yeah,
0: you know. Uh, so that's cuz that. there's this fine line of um there's a fine line of if you don't have something that makes you play game speed it's arguable that you might not be able to progress that and I'm going to use I'm going to use guitar in that app as like a reference so you know, I, le- I learned chords and learned chord shapes, and I can also and I can like do that if I'm singularly thinking about that, like left hand. Mm-hmm. Then the right hand, I can kind of do it if I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But like with the with that app, when you're playing through, like honestly, there's a lot of times where I I play whatever the lesson is for the day, and I'm just like, this is too fast for me. Like I'm thinking this is too fast, and and when I record myself and watch it back. I'm like, that's like, so like, it's like every rose has its thorn or something dumb for speed. But because the app is forcing me to stay in game pace, I start learning to play without thinking, like I have to start forgetting about my left hand and like th- and like I have to be looking at what's coming up. And if I look at it, once it's there, it's past. Like I have to be looking at the front of the screen and knowing what I'm already played that hasn't made it there. So it like, it forced, you know, I, 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 I kind of think like for guys that just get in a band and they just start playing with people, it has to force you into like being able to keep up because you know, you can't, you can't like stumble and stop and restart and stumble and stop and restart. You gotta just like figure out where to like jump back in. So there's like, there's value to both sides of it. Like you have to be able to, to drill and have the fundamentals and the principles down, but you also like can't avoid game speed. Otherwise in a hunting situation, that's just a nightmare because you go out there and you haven't been in, you haven't been acclimated at all. So now (laughs) someone's just throwing you in an ice bath and like you, you know, mentally and physically, most of the time you just cannot handle it. Yeah. Changing the speed in which you're doing things both faster and slower
1: than game speed Mm -hmm. is probably a really good move. And, you know, if you ever learn to play like a riff on guitar at, whatever a fast speed well at the let's say it's the speed of the song itself Mm -hmm. and then you say you try and play it faster and it feels a lot harder and then by the time you slow it back down to normally you're like okay this isn't bad you know I'll do that with my band sometimes like we'll be playing a riff that's a little bit too much for me and I'll just be like let's turn this into a sludge song (laughs) you know just slow that thing down and all of a sudden I can play it so I think probably it's really smart to play game speed, play faster than game speed sometimes, yeah. and play slower. That's yeah. the other thing is, when you play slower than game speed, you can execute everything perfectly. Or you should, that yeah, should, you should be the goal. That should be the goal of game speed. This and is slower, guitar, it's 100%. Whether that's archery, whether that's jiu like, oh, I'm gonna get my hips in the perfect spot. I'm gonna squeeze my knees the perfect way. I'm gonna get the grip in the perfect spot. And you do move really slowly, And then as you get better at it, you can get game speed, but then to do something faster than game speed, like at the range sometimes, just like, oh, I'm going to shoot this arrow as fast as I possibly can. And you're probably not going to take your best shot,
0: but then when you slow down to game speed, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got plenty of time. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, which is stupid because I think of it that way in everything else, but from a guitar point of view, even though I said with the app, I feel like I'm I feel like it's forcing me to play faster than I can, but it's actually just playing at the normal speed. It's almost like I have to do somewhere. It's like 20% faster than my capability Mm -hmm. just to, you know, maybe unlock a different part of my brain that's been asleep. It's just like doing negatives, you know, on lifting. Like sometimes you lose weight that you can't actually lift. Well, see, I have all, see, like when when I got taught to lift from, Frank and Arnold I was 27 or 28 and they both told me that the one thing that they would recommend is that I'd start lifting with a goal of being able to lift for life and they said their biggest regret was the fact that they they tried to go so heavy to get big you know they went heavy and like fast and and they both were convinced that for longevity within lifting learning to make lightweight feel heavy was more productive they're like okay instead of instead of going in and like forcing yourself to like bench 315 or whatever can you do 10 reps slow enough with 225 to where it feels like you have 300 pounds on so like my reps are are slow, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I, and, and honestly I credit a lot of my archery, uh, mind muscle connection to the weight room, because when you do slow negatives, you have to think about the muscle, the specific muscle that's doing the movement because you're not able to like cheat, you know? So I've gone a lot lighter in my weights, but I, I've, I'm a very you know slow rep person so like you know i haven't like i don't try to go up in the dumbbells that i use like i feel like if i go heavier with dumbbells i can start to compromise joints so i just try to slow it down or add in a rep at a slower thing to where i can gain strength not by adding weight but by adding time under load yeah yeah makes sense your uh what's that's the whole that's one of the whole theories or one
1: of it's a theory of
0: yeah the theory. of a million <laughs> of a
1: million of what is it time under tension yeah. yeah time under tension but i think going back to speed increasing speed you do it do something faster than game speed you do something slower than game speed and then
0: it'll help you with your actual game speed yeah yeah you've got to. I mean you've got to because it seems like in a like you look at like NFL players, you know when you're playing against something someone else and there's like a crowd involved and there's all that, you know you get you're freaking totally jacked and mm-hmm. ad, and adrenalized. That game speed is probably like practice speed at one thirty five or one fifty, even though you try to try to like go full. You, you really don't unless it's you know there's certain times where it's like yeah you have to hit a whole different gear it's hard to it's hard to practice that with archery truthfully especially when you relate it to a hunting situation you know what the hard part is and i see a lot of there's awesome training there's so many different ways to train there's so many awesome educational platforms like developing in archery um which for me i love to see because you know i'm not going to be in the sport forever so I want to see it continue to go on because it's, you know, it's what I, it's what I love, even if my family isn't like going to continue down that path. But the one thing that I see is like some people to try to teach how to make shots under stress. It's almost like they, they incorporate that like super high heart rate and like kind of like making a shot fast and There's this fine line in archery of, like, learning to be able to do that in a gameplay situation and rehearsing it so much that it ends up, like, giving you the yips, you know, because, like, rushing shots isn't something that you should ingrain because, you know, target panic is what develops from that. You know, it's like I tell people, hey, if every time you go to the range you're shooting with freaking – you know, Andy, where he's like, you know, trying to get you to shoot something that he knows you're not capable of doing and then laughing at you every single time, you all of a sudden start, you know, instead of being patient, letting the shot happen and going through the process, you you almost like, you almost jump into boiling water. You're not jumping into hot water. You're jumping, you know, you're jumping into boiling water and you create a panic versus – to be able to like you know start yeah. to breathe slow I, and and execute i remember when i
1: started out and for within a short period of time from when i started out i went over to peter's house and dude we were doing freaking all kinds of crazy shots you know like <laughs> just <laughs> mental shots just through things uh, and i wasn't i mean i would probably i had been shooting for a very short period of time yeah yeah and you know, I probably sent you a text, like, with a picture of me freaking hanging upside down in a tree with someone <laughs> slashing my back with a freaking whip while I'm sh- trying to shoot a, a freaking elk target. I told you to 78 get 78 yards or whatever. And you're just like, dude, stop and just go shoot, like, whatever, 40 yards and just get good at that. Yeah. And then you can start doing all this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: that's uh – got to have the foundation for sure. Yeah. And – uh. You know, like, well, Bert Soren. Mm-hmm. You know, Bert has like tried to do so many different like intensity type trainings and involve like you know his obstacle course and then shooting. And I'm like, okay, that like if that's something that you do for like an event, that's one thing. But to to shoot under that kind of feeling of a rush, like to rush through it, it. It's, it's it like anticipation is like w- looking for a crack in the door to come. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anticipation wants in your, wants in your brain, yeah. you know, really bad. And all you have to do is like crack the door and that sucker can come in. And it's like, you know, we were, well, yesterday we were talking about people who, uh, Sometimes when you really need to go and someone's like excited to talk to you, but they're not like getting the signals of like, (laughs) dude, you know, I'm, I'm like, Hey, these guys are waiting on me over here or whatever. So that the thing is like once anticipation gets in there, dude. Like, even if you do everything right, you can't get him to leave, like, in a timely fashion. Like, (laughs) anticipation is the dude that comes to the party where, like, the party has to be totally over. And you're like, all right, bro. Like, I'm sweeping the floor up now. You got to freaking go home or wherever you're going next.
1: rehearsal, though, like, of putting yourself in pressure situations... And learning to, like, to me, it's sort of like the benefit of, one of the benefits of TAC is having everyone there. Yeah. Having everyone look at you. Mm -hmm. Having the freaking trees that are eight inches apart and another set of trees beyond that, and you're standing on a stump that's crooked. And so it's a hard shot, but but the pressure of everyone being there and to be able to say, yep, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to do the protocol. Yeah. So... Whether you got to do it fast, whether you got to do it slow, whether you got to do it game speed, optimal, like you got to develop the foundation so that you have it.
0: And then you got to learn to
1: say, no matter what's going on, I'm going back to the foundation.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, look at like the first year we all shot tack versus like last year. I mean, n- none of us in our group are, are a. At all worried about what another person thinks of our shooting because yeah. we all know, like, our time of hitting a tree is coming, it's just a matter of when. <laughs> Mine's coming soon. <laughs> like, look at Leif, like, year one versus like one year later. Leif yep. was like a whole different yep. dude, right? And so were you, yeah, you know, 100% same, exact same thing. Yeah, you were talking about 50 yard shots, like, w- like, early
1: when we were talking just now. Leif is a guy that was like, he, he once you taught him how to shoot and he he said he's and he shot archer his whole life yeah he, yeah he's been a bow hunter his whole life and he says dude i wouldn't have ever dreamt of trying to take a 50 yard shot exactly he said i wouldn't have dreamt of taking a 50 yard shot on an animal he goes i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have even thought he goes i used to go out to 50 yards at the range in san diego and he goes it would just be i would do it like at the end of my session yeah toss an arrow out at 50 goes and i would seldom even you know hit the hay yeah you know and now he's like hey 50 yards is like the same way i feel about 50 yards i'm gonna hit a paper plate at 50 yards you know that's what's happening yeah so that was impressive how much the technique that you brought to him even after a whole lifetime of archery you know for me i was a clean slate you know yeah i was just whatever you told me to do i was gonna do i had nothing to compare it off of yeah you know for me it was like oh this is This is what you do. For him, he had to take what he had learned, and then, boom, he was able to transform pretty rapidly.
0: It's pretty impressive. Well, I mean, he didn't have a choice. Like, he got thrown into the app at full game speed like i mean <laughs> he literally got trained here and then the next time he showed up somewhere with the with his bow case we were on the mountain in big sky and, and just be like got. all right target one what was it like 103 e- or <laughs> white ram or something <laughs> with the rock with all the rocks in oh, front of it god
1: there's a." Uh... Well, I ended up voluntarily shooting that rock at the end. We put your
0: camera out. So I just had an arrow that was a little tweaked. I'm like, I'm just going to bury this thing in this rock. That thing exploded. <laughs> I know. There was some serious shrapnel hanging around. Well, So what's uh, what's on the docket for you for this year? You got anything archery specific? They've changed big sky at times, which yeah, might screw changed. some stuff up. It's you a little
1: m- messed up, but it's no factor. We'll work through it. Um Maybe I'll try and get another tack in. Yeah, we talked you know, about maybe maybe going to Utah or something. Yeah, uh, we'll see. You know, um, I know our friend Chris Cook is running some stuff. She just did like a little a little shoot out at her out at, not is actually not at her ranch, but at another ranch. She's doing another one of those in June. That'll be that'll be cool. She set up a great course. Um, you know, her husband's a big hunter. She is she's way into it. So yeah, that was cool.
0: And I'll where is out the there where? That. So I I figured they had to have found some bigger ground. Yep. Yep. Based on what I saw, and I, I forget yeah. the name of the place, but it's a big giant,
1: like a camp, um, almost like a school camp or a kids camp. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. But it's it's really big. It's got a bunch of acres and some really good terrain. It's actually you know open in, Ju- in the mountains of Julian. Uh, California which is it close to to their place yeah it's pretty close to their place yeah and it's like an hour and it's probably an hour and 20 minutes outside of San Diego yeah Uh, really good terrain and you know it's nice California you get that Southern California weather even though it just got slammed by a blizzard but you know it's nice nice the weather's nice not too hot just just really nice yeah so I'll definitely be up there for that and
0: you know then it's that's in June I you know, so wonder when it is. It'll be on. She's supposed to call me this week, actually. I think she was wanting to talk to me about it. Maybe we need to, maybe Sharon and I need to substitute that one and we can schling for a day. When does, when does the tack Then hit waves. Start? Freaking this month for oh, me. No kidding. Is it March 1st yet? No. Tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, so. Where's your first one? Um, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma, Texas, PA, Michigan, Colorado, Utah, I think are the ones. that it's coming quick, isn't it? It's here, bro. Yeah. (laughs) For me, for me. And then turkey season and then bear season is kind of in that same thing. Um, And then obviously, you know, like this is kind of the time of year where I try to do bow build stuff like right now we're looking at Josh Hall's bow uh, you know he wanted to he wanted to go down to a low, some lower limbs for like training season which I think is a really awesome protocol because I mean that's a perfect example of it's important to train under tension but it's also important to get good at a tension that you're that you can manage mm-hmm. you know like people watch me shooting the first three weeks of my indoor training this year like school knock and they're like man that cam looks so aggressive on that new bow and i'm like well it's a prototype and the limbs came in at like 84 pounds so i'm shooting indoor archery with this like because i need to get reps through a prototype but the only limbs that i had on it just came in monstrously heavy just because we hadn't finalized string and cable lengths or limb deflection numbers or pocket angles. So I'm like fighting through that weight. Whereas now I built, you know, that new unite, um, right there. Codename stone cold. And, uh, dude, it's, it's so nice to shoot like in the 60 pound range for training Because you, you're just not like fighting something, you know, it's allowing you, it's allowing you to make adjustments without being scared to like let up a little bit. You know what I mean? So it's, it is, for me, learning target archery was so important to my hunting. It made me so much better because I was able to back weight off. I was able to see every mistake on paper, you know. It's right there in front of you. You know, if all of a sudden you go out and, well, my whole group is moved to the right. What am I doing differently? Actually, you're shooting with better technique today. You don't have the facial pressure or the freaking death grip, the jo- <laughs> Jocko <laughs> slash Bert Soren death grip. Did you see Bert's? I sent <laughs> yeah, you a picture. I'm like, new champ. White, white knuckle and that stuff, making me look like a yoga master. <laughs> you're so relaxed. He had a, yeah, he's, he's somehow got into the, you know, a hyperextended front arm with a death grip, and but dude, that's the little things. Honestly, if you don't, if you don't video and take pictures of yourself, that stuff doesn't reveal itself a lot. And what most the, there's this fine line between having a good coach and and being a student that's dependent on the coach. You want to know how to identify mistakes. You don't want to rely on someone else to be able to tell you with that. That's a big part of becoming a real student to your craft is being able to self-critique. And, you know, and honestly, that was something that I learned from Frank Zane, because when I came out and we shot archery, I was taking pictures of them and, like, showing. And then um, we actually flew from my place in Wisconsin. We flew out to San Diego. And I, I literally, like, trained with Frank. Um, and then, like, he even took me to the shop. He, like, took me to the grocery store. And he's like, okay, you shop. Because he just learned to teach me what to put into a shopping cart. You know, and, and he also taught me how to like eat properly on a budget. You know, he was just like, Hey dude, don't be afraid of like 90% lean ground beef. Like I used to just eat like two pounds of this a day. You know (laughs) what I mean? And he's like, you know, you can, I'm definitely not afraid of freaking (laughs) ground beef. Yeah. You're not, (laughs) but he, he showed me these boxes and boxes of 35 millimeter, film and like you know uh microfiche like Mm. images you know how they're on those little white cards and he said that he his wife took pictures of him every single week he's like i did literally did like magazine cover photo shoots and he said so i have hundreds of thousands of photos that christine took of me that were never anything that made it public. But he's like, I was able to like identify how other people look at me and see me. And he said, which is hard because when you're looking in a mirror, your mind can, can actually, cause he said, everyone like credits me with symmetry. He says he, he didn't have flawless symmetry he said he learned to pose to create perfect symmetry based on the fact that he always looked at himself from a lens. And so I was like, okay, damn. Freaking take it, especially once a phone came out. Taking a picture of yourself is easy. And, and the first international tournament I won, um, honestly, we shot the, the first end. And I shot, I remember I shot like a nine, which you don't have a lot of room to do that. And then the second end, I freaking shot a nine again. And at that point, I'm like, okay, dude, at best, you're going to be in a tiebreaker right now. And and I put myself in a position of I had to let my competitor beat himself because I had already beat myself. You know, I'd already beat myself in the first two ends, but I also didn't want to continue down that path. And there was a person taking pictures. There was a photographer for the event. They're taking pictures. And so as they were calling arrows and pulling arrows, I go, hey, did, did you get a picture of me in that last end? And he was kind of like, looked at me like, what? You know, you want to freaking look at yourself? Like, You know what I mean? He kind of gave me a look like, you know, you're already worried about how you're going to look in the magazine type right. thing. And so I just said, can I see that picture? And, and I like literally like he saw me just freaking zoom right in and scroll over. And I literally just went right to my front shoulder and I go, got it. And I, I knew right away it, it like I knew when I stepped that line, I remember it so vividly. And that picture just like confirmed this major mistake that I made that if I wouldn't have done that, it's hard to say how many more times I would have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I remember stepping to the line and I, and I thought to myself, you better hold gold because Dave is not going to miss. I remember telling myself that Mm -hmm. and is, and honestly um, one of the, another thing that I learned from Frank is Frank was, Frank was like very analytical because he was a teacher, you know, he's a very good teacher. He's a high school teacher. He was very analytical of words that you say out of your mouth that, that immediately impact what your body does or what your mind thinks. So like, you know, he, he, he was very specific on correcting me on how I spoke because he's like, you're, you're creating doubt in your own capabilities just based on what you say out loud and your mind hears that uncertainty. So he's like, you know, you, when you speak of how you perform, you, you have to speak with, with keywords that your that imprint to your brain, your capabilities are like not breakable. And so when I, And I I thought about that. I'm like, you literally told yourself, you better hold gold. Dave's not going to miss. So what did my body do? It wanted to solidify. So I just totally compressed the front shoulder so that my pin was more stable downrange. And I literally locked on hold gold but then i had jocko follow through so because i wasn't coming through you know i'm fully compressed and i'm waiting for my for i'm literally waiting for the shot to break rather than making a shot Mm -hmm. i was waiting i was holding gold and what happened was you know when you're not dynamic especially me my technique and what i teach is dynamic right? Like a silverback 100% is a dynamic action mm-hmm. a silverback's not going to go off if you're static and if your front shoulders collapse and you're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting and it does go off it, like you spray left and right right? Um, and that's what happened you know 10, 9 like even though I was I, feel, I felt like I was holding gold I'm like getting these flyers that are just left, just right just left, just right and I'm not like hitting X's. soon as I looked at that picture, I saw I'm like you told your body did what you told it to do. you told it to hold mm. rather than pull through. so I'm just like all right you know you've already you've already like paved the way for whatever the outcome of this thing is gonna be so finish your next two scoring ends pulling through picture perfect shots is what I told myself look flawless so I just like I'm like I've, I've honestly felt like I'd already lost so I'm like look good losing so I, I made freaking just these very dynamic shots and I ended up winning because but if I wouldn't have identified that from that picture I would have just kept going down that same path and then been like yeah I performed horribly in this gold medal match and I really don't ever, you know, don't know why it was the, you know, it was, it was self-diagnosis that saved that, that, you know, that was my first international gold medal was, was that event. And it all came down to the ability to like, look at that picture and recognize something I had told myself to do without even knowing, you know yeah no that's awesome i
1: i know when i get to see like jujitsu i very rarely would get to see like you know myself roll yeah And now you can you know people are just you know you can just put your camera you can hook, set your phone there and you can see yourself rolling you can see mistakes that you're making and you're like dude what am i doing right there it, yeah so yeah being able to see yourself and then consciously talk through what you did and implement the the change that's that's what it's about man
0: it is all right well our monday started out solid good start we jammed we <laughs> slung metal Indeed. we podcasted yeah we're gonna go talk to some law enforcement so for those of you out there who are about to get to work in, you know the next hour did someone else already get three things done <laughs> <laughs> we did you can too get oh. after it knock on everybody Be sure to check out knockonarchery.com for our full line of custom designed products, as well as free in-depth education and bow hunting entertainment to help you shoot at your best.